You're listening to How To Catholic, episode 16, How To Lent. Resolution, revolution. Hey everybody, this is Lisa Cotter. And I'm Kevin Cotter, and we're your co-hosts here at the How To Catholic podcast, where our goal is to help you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It is Friday night. The kids are in bed. Our guests have gone home. I've got a glass of wine in my hand and I'm sitting next to my beautiful bride, Lisa. And tonight we're going to talk about Lent and we're going to talk about Lenten resolutions. But before we get into all of that, Lisa, I want to know what is your craziest thing, the craziest thing that you've done for Lent? Craziest thing I've done for Lent? Um, okay, I think we'd have to go back to college. Okay, when you're crazy. A little crazier in the college, huh? Well, I think that in general, everybody's really hardcore about Lent in college for some reason. You get like real idealistic, right? Oh, yeah. Super yeah. excited. So you come up with these crazy things you're going to do. Uh-huh. And that was definitely me. Sophomore year of college. Which is when most stories happen <laughs> from you or yeah. most products that you have. You're like, well, when did you buy that sophomore year of college? Yeah. Kevin thinks everything happened my sophomore year of college. Because it did. That is, the, nothing happened junior year or freshman year. It's all sophomore year. Uh, well, about senior year. And uh, you transferred junior year. That was when we started hanging out. But those aren't you the stories you tell. It's just all about your sophomore year. Because you were there junior year and It's just fun. So tell, tell, us, tell us about what happened. Year. Sophomore year of college. Lent. I gave up solid foods. This is pretty crazy. <laughs> what, so what, how do you give up solid? Like, how does that even happen? Like one, how do you think of that? But two, like, how do you function day to day without solid foods? Foods. Uh, Were you in a hospital? Like, could you, was it a feeding tube? Yeah, like feeding what happened tube. here? No, no. The idea came from Joe Passantino, your confirmation sponsor. He did this, I think the year before. Yep. I was like, Joe is so cool. I can do that too. So I ate like a lot of... Like applesauce was fine or okay. tomato soup, mashed potatoes. It just had to be. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> it's not a solid food. I mean, it, I it mean is, it's not a it liquid. I it's could, definitely a solid. But it was like runny mashed potatoes. That, that's fine. I'm just saying mashed potatoes are a solid food. They're not a liquid. But yes. I get, okay. It's You're fine. right. It was a really lame thing and I hardly had to okay. do it. I'm just. <laughs> the I, the it deal is was like no chewing basically. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really impressive. Yeah, that's milkshakes. I had milkshakes, which felt on Lenten, but I had to get dairy in. Yep, that's you couldn't just eat milk, drinking milk. No, <laughs> certainly not. Hey, that's okay. I think I'm a big believer with Lent. Like, if you're giving up something, it's okay to indulge in other things because you're just concentrating on that one thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you have to wear a sack, cloth, and ashes the entire time. At least not in our wimpy world today. No. That used to be the case, I think. So my story. Also happens from sophomore year of college. I think it was <gasps> everything year. happens sophomore year. Yep. Cold showers. I went with cold oh, showers. Oh no, I would die. You would die. I th- I really think I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would freeze to death in the shower. Yeah, I think oh. I tend to forget different paths, but I think that's the the craziest one I've done. That's the worst. It's so good though because it just it's right in the morning, slap in the face. Here we go. Never. Let's do this. I would never do that. I'll th- I'm going to think about it for this year. No, especially because it's winter. 
I could see in the summer. You know, sometimes that's the Lisa. The point is that it's hard. Yeah, it's too hard. All right. Well, tonight we're talking. This is fun because we get to think about our old resolutions, good or bad. And tonight we're talking about three keys. How to how to make a Lenten resolution and three keys to making a good Lenten resolution. And uh, before we get started on that, I thought it'd be good to just talk in general about Lent. Like, why do we even have Lent? What's going on here, you know? And um, one thing I think about, I think there's, obviously we're modeling off of Jesus. He spent 40 days in the wilderness, fasting and praying before his ministry. So that's really huge. You have the story of the Israelites in the desert. They wandered for 40 years, a time of purification. And so in many ways, we're reliving their story, and um, we talk, we've talked about this before, and we've talked about the liturgical year, just how um, many times in the church our seasons are based off of reliving old events and living that out in our lives and actually reliving those stories. And I just love how the Catholic Church has that so embedded in our lives. And I think it's so important with Lent that, again, we're, we're reliving these times of, of purification and, and fasting and prayer. But also just interesting, those are you know biblical events. Why do Catholics celebrate Lent Whereas most Protestants, I know some do, but most Protestants don't celebrate Lent. They don't necessarily have this embedded into their their faith. And I think a lot of it comes through our theology. And I'm going to break down things into stereotypes. And so forgive me if it's not 100% accurate. But for Protestants, and Martin Luther's view of salvation was that we are uh, pieces of dung covered and snow, and that snow is Jesus's sacrifice for us on the cross. And so there's a lot of that justification and sanctification that happens at the same time. We're made holy by Jesus. And for Catholics, this works uh, in a similar way, but slightly different. We believe that we are saved through our baptism, that Jesus died for us on the cross. He initiates all of our salvation, um, and ultimately, we're completely dependent on him and his free gift of salvation for us. And at the same time, even if we have that salvation through baptism, we are still being made uh, new. We're still being sanctified in our lives. We still need to become more like Christ. We need to still have more grace in our lives. We're not done. We're not just covered, um, but we actually have to be um uh, really um, transformed from the inside out by Jesus Christ. And Lent is that moment, one of the key moments in our year as Catholics, where we say, boy, how do I transform my life to look like Jesus Christ? How do I let his grace in to some of the deepest and possibly darkest places in my life so that he can be magnified, so that he can be glorified, so that he can ultimately resurrect our lives and transform our lives. And I think that's just such a, a, a good perspective to have as we head into Lent. Um, not so much what can I give up or what can I do, but how can we be resurrected? Because as we make this journey towards Easter, Christ is going to bring us new life, and we have a chance to, to really ask ask him to enter our lives in a, in a really brand new new way. Excellent. Thanks, Lisa. That was all very cool, and you said dung. Yeah, I did say dung. That's well, poop for those of you who don't know what dung is. Martin Luther used uh, some more candid language at times. Uh, <laughs> but d- dung dung is... Uh, is that uh, the word he used for it? I think so. But other times Martin Luther does um, use some more racy language. Mm. But enough about uh, Mr. Luther. Let's, um, let's move on to what 
it looks like to make a Lenten resolution. And when we think of Lent, when the church helps us understand what Lent is, we usually look at three areas. And so we're going to look at these three keys to making a good resolution. And the first key is prayer. Lisa, you want to tell us a little bit more about what it looks like to focus on prayer for Lent? Yes. You know, oftentimes when we think about Lent, like, what are you going to do for Lent? I always remember being asked that as a kid, and we'd have to write it down in, you know, a complete sentence and turn it into our teacher. And almost every time I gave up pop for like four days. (laughs) And then then there's the Valentine's Day party. (laughs) Then you're at Jenny's house on a Friday night and for a birthday party and there's pop or yeah. I mean, I can, I can remember those moments of agony being like, well, this is special. (laughs) 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 I'm just going to have pop tonight because it's special. (laughs) And I wasn't good. Jesus understood. Jesus loves me. I was a terrible resoluter when I was a kid. So we want to look beyond this idea of it's just giving up something, giving up pop or chocolate or coffee or whatever your thing is. Uh, And prayer is a great place to start because it's not about giving up. It's more about adding in. What can we add into our life as we enter into this season of going into the desert with Christ and with the Israelites? What can we do to draw closer to our Lord during this time? So there's... So many ways you could do this. There's all those just kind of standard ways, adding in, uh, maybe committing to go to daily mass one more day a week or doing a holy hour uh, during this time in Lent. Maybe it's going to confession, taking, you you know, um, advantage of the sacraments maybe once a week. Maybe you just you do that when you haven't done confession frequently and you say, well, I'm just going to go once a week and just see what that does for my spiritual life or doing the liturgy of the hours or um doing some kind of a spiritual reading, uh, especially the scriptures. This is a great time to mm-hmm. commit to reading to maybe the Gospels or the Psalms. Um, there's some great Lenten books out there. One that comes to mind is uh, Pope Benedict's Journey Towards Jesus, which is, I learned, based on a retreat that he gave to JP2. That's legit right there. Pope's giving other popes retreats yeah. before they're a pope. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. So yeah. that would probably be a really holy thing to uh, read through spiritual reading-wise. Um, Kev, do you have any book suggestions? You like oh, books? I like books you at like the books? Wazoo. I'm reading about 15 books right now, which is not a wise thing to do, but that's what I'm doing nonetheless. You know, one book that I'm reading right now, I just started, I'm actually reading it with our oldest daughter, is Story of a Soul by St. Therese. You've read that before, haven't you? No. What? I know. What? I know. How are you married to me? I, well, because I asked you. I've never read never. a story of a soul, and I'm reading it with our daughter. It's, it's a like great thing. Spiritual life 101. It happened your sophomore year of college, <laughs> and I wasn't there. It did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. That was that was uh, what Christian? No. Uh, what was that? That spiritual was spiritual theology. theology. No, that was senior year. No, it wasn't. It was your sophomore year. Or I mean, no, it was your junior year, and I didn't make it. I didn't um, get into the class. Sorry. It's okay. I just had to hear about everyone talking about a class that it wasn't. Yeah. In when we read Therese. Yeah, and so I think just re- reading her life, you can see her conversation with God. I mean, ultimately that's what prayer is, right? St. Therese would so, to describe it as a conversation with God. And, and prayer, if we want to be like Christ, if that's what Lent is about, is becoming like him, um, prayer is that conversation that opens ourselves up to him. And if you're at a point, uh, like we all are certain times with our prayer life, you go, I don't know what the, what is this, like, what does this look like? What am I supposed to say? Uh, how am I supposed to let Jesus in more? I think when we read models like St. Therese, then we go, oh, 
oh, that's how you, oh, that's how I talk to God. Oh, that's how I view myself. And that can be really helpful to sparking something in our prayer life. That's huge. So yeah, whatever it is, I mean, if it's using imaginative prayer with scripture, um, using another uh, method like the the rap method, I think is really great on how to pray. Whatever's going to spark your prayer life, or maybe just a resolution to new, learn a new prayer method. Yeah. What's, what's going to help you become like Jesus? Um, those are great things to think about and ask your friends, ask your chaplain, ask your priest, uh, whoever is around, ask them for a great spiritual reading. Um, fulfillment of all desire is a really awesome book. I recommend that by Ralph Martin for your spiritual life. It's thick, but don't be intimidated. It's fantastic. Time for God by Jacques Philippe. Anything by Jacques Philippe, I'm a huge fan of. And those are shorter if you want the uh, more basic books. Mm-hmm. And pretty digestible. Like yeah. you can read a little passage each day. Searching for and maintaining peace, interior freedom, time for God. Those are all Jacques Philippe books that are, those are my favorite three. Mm-hmm. You're a Jacques fan. Yeah, Jacques and I. BFFs, the Frenchman. Mm -hmm. So spiritual reading, of course, another great way to enter into prayer. Uh, Stations of the Cross, obviously, um, a prayer of choice during Lent. This is something, if you have a family or uh, if you're married, great to do with others. Um, Obviously good to do at your church. We've kind of found that at this stage, still having young kids, it just depends which one you get. Sometimes it's like the living stations and our kids freak out because it's kind of <laughs> like, wow, that's really realistic. Why are they doing that to Jesus? You know, not that we want our kids to not understand that the cross was filled with pain. But as a three-year-old, when it's live and, you know, it just depends how into it people get. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we tend to do it at home. And one cool thing I love, one of our traditions, is we have a set of candles, little votive candles. And... The Dollar Tree used to have Stations of the Cross stickers. They mm. don't anymore, which is a huge mistake on the Dollar Tree's part. That's like when you'd go to the store in Denver here, and they'd have like Our Lady of Guadalupe candles. Those are the oh, best. Oh, yeah. We're I don't think they home. sell those other places, but in Denver, you can just get them right off the shelf. Oh, it's yeah. Fant- it was like store, the yeah. greatest surprise ever when we moved here. Well, in a lot of like Hispanic areas, they always have it's the St. Jude and Our Lady of Guadalupe. Infinite Prague sometimes mm-hmm. hanging out on the shelf there mm-hmm. right next to the uh, taco seasoning. It's good. <laughs> Um, and it's true product placement it's really important it's true yes they really think this through so candles so these little candles and these stickers and we just put a sticker on each one of the candles and uh, when we start the stations we light all the candles and then after each station we blow out that station's candle until the light of the world has extinguished which is so cool Um, so in Advent we watch the light grow as we light our Advent wreath. And then in Lent, we watch the light fade as we do our stations. So, Lisa, you're like the liturgical queen. You just always have fun stuff. That's I great. I love the liturgical year. We could do a whole like mommy podcast on this, but I will spare you all the mommy stuff. Uh, but I will put that in the show notes because we've got um, pictures of that on our my old mommy blog, Catholic Missionary Family. I used to have a mommy blog. I blogged on there for years, but then I had to kind of... I don't know, choose sanity over multiple directions for what it was that I was putting out into the world. I just think it's so fun. I, Anyways. Well, in to kind of close out our, our thoughts here on prayer, I want to use a uh, Pope Francis quote because I like Pope Francis quotes. So mm-hmm. here's what Pope Francis says about prayer. He says, Lent is a time of prayer, of more intense prayer, more prolonged, more assiduous, 
more able to take on the needs of the brethren. Intercessory prayer to intercede before God for many situations of poverty and suffering. I love Pope Francis, especially when it comes to Lent, because he's intense. He wants really great Lent. So as we're thinking about prayer, you might want to think about that quote and just think, all right, what does my prayer life look like more intense? And for you, that might be 10 minutes of prayer every day. It might be going from 30 minutes to an hour. It might be um, praying throughout your day in very concrete and tangible ways. Whatever that is, how do I up the intensity? Something to think about. Very good. Prayer. Good. So that was prayer. Let's move on to number two, and that is fasting. Lisa, fasting. tell us a little bit about fasting. Yeah, this is what we usually think of when we think of making a, a Lenten uh, commitment. I like the word resolution for it. But fasting <laughs> fasting is the whole, you know, I'm going to give up Coke Zero thing here, um, which which could be very, very good for some people. That might be a, a great thing to fast from. Some people drink like two gallons of Coke Zero every day. You they, should give it up. Yeah, that could be a great resolution for you. But we have to remember that the purpose isn't just to give something up. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I want to get rid of Coke Zero and maybe then I won't have as many, I was going to say calories, but it's Coke Zero. (laughs) That doesn't work. (laughs) Whatever it is. Maybe you're trying to lose weight. So you're like, I'm going to give up sugar, but it's not really for Lent because you're trying to lose weight. Um, But the point we have to remember, the point of fasting is to learn how to gain control over our passions And our passions are what they happen to us. Uh, The catechism tells us they happen to us. So they're neither right nor wrong to have that certain desire for Coke Zero or whatever it is. What matters is what we do with it. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to gain control of those passions and tell our our passions or tell our body that, no, you're not in control. I'm actually the one who's in control. And sometimes, yeah, yeah, you just got to tell your body what's up sometimes. Yeah. Those appetites, you have to tell them, no, I'm free. I have free will. I can do what I want. And freedom for Jesus, right? So, like, I think sometimes Lent, we feel like it's, like, New Year's resolution 2.0. Like, totally. Like, I failed at New Year's, I so need, I need to, like, lose okay, 10 pounds Lent. again, or, like, I need to lay out the chart. Like, it's not. Like, that's the secular view of Lent or of New Year's resolutions. Our view is we need more Jesus in our lives, right? We are people who need to be transformed and resurrected in what are those areas. And our passions are a huge area because— Passions can often lead to selfishness. They can lead to us trusting them instead of God, whatever that might be. So, yeah, like you're saying, don't focus on, um, yeah, that secular view, but on that transformation view. What's going to trans- transform me in Jesus Christ? Yeah, so when we're thinking about fasting, we want to think about, okay, what can I? what do I need to gain control over? What is that thing or that area in my life where... I feel like I, I don't have control where my will is very weak and I cannot choose what it is that I want to do, but I, I just kind of blindly follow these desires that are coming at me. So when... Well, can, I, can I step in real quick? Sure. So on that, this is where a Pope Francis quote fits really well. I, mm. I love these Pope Francis quotes on Lent, so I'm going to add one here too. Go he for says it. this. He says, we must be careful not to practice a formal fast or one which in truth satisfies us because it makes us feel good about ourselves. And this is right along your lines. Here it comes. Fasting makes sense if it questions our security and if it also leads to some benefit for others. I love that line. If it questions our security. So not just something that makes us feel good. Ooh, I gave up chocolate. Aren't I great? No, no. There's something where we're really molding our identity to Jesus and being secure in him instead of ourselves 
on our normal patterns and our normal ways. So I think that was right along. Sorry, I stopped you, but it was right along the lines of what you were saying. So I just wanted to back you up with the Pope, you know? Hey, I mean, who doesn't want the Pope's support? <laughs> I know I do. I do too. All right. So we're thinking about what are, what are we going to give up um, in fast from, and this is where we need to just ask ourselves, well, what do I need to work on? Like, where am I feeling? What do I need to work on? So let's say it's gossip. You want to stop gossiping. Okay. Maybe you give up gossiping and you work on redirecting conversations when gossip starts to come up and, and you're in the midst of it. Or if you struggle with materialism, then Lent would be a great time to not shop unless it's a necessity. So I'm not going to buy new clothes or new shoes or whatever it is. Or, um, I mean, it could be as simple as you know, something like pornography or binge watching Netflix, things in your life that you know aren't leading to your happiness, that leave you feeling empty, that leave you potentially using somebody and objectifying somebody If in the case of pornography. This is a great time to really go after that and say, I don't want this a part of my life and I'm going to use this time during Lent to help me conquer it. Uh, so really, you, you want to be thinking about, well, what are your weaknesses and consider making resolutions that are based on how to get those things under control. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, your, your example of materialism brought up a memory of mine and it's of Dr. Jonathan Reyes. Mm-hmm. And when he's, he was in college, um, or maybe just after college, I can forget with, he was living in community with some guys and they decided for Lent that they were going to go to the Goodwill store and that all the clothes that they would wear during Lent would be from Goodwill. <laughs> That is like, so Dr. Reyes. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know why I just really enjoy the picture of Dr. Jonathan Reyes going to the Goodwill store than just wearing Goodwill clothes for 46 days. It just makes me, ha- it just is a great story. Like it's I, fantastic. Just to lower their pride, to have less pride about their image and how they looked. It's great because that's what, like when you're a single guy, like you probably, you, you have a, probably a bigger struggle with, yeah, image in, in being like, oh, I, I look so great. I'm so awesome. And they just try to just totally go after that it's it's a great idea it's outside the box and it's extreme it is it's i'm just cool. laughing because you have to spend money to do it and the whole point is to not spend money but. yeah but you're wearing clothes that don't smell good <laughs> <laughs> okay um one more thought on fasting uh, that we love to do too in our house is if you are married or have a family, it's a great idea to come up with something that you're going to do together, something that everybody's going to do. So how can you kind of raise the whole ship of the family? Uh, if you struggle with, you know, I don't know, eating meals together at night, maybe you say, all right, during Lent, we're going to commit to eating three times a week. We're just making it a priority. Or if you watch too much TV as a family, that's kind of the default, then maybe that's what you give up unless it's, you know, on Friday night we watch a movie or uh, kind of finish out the week or whatever it is. Uh, but finding something that you can do as a family to kind of help the kids along. I don't I I never really gave up anything for Lent as a kid because it was left to my own devices, at which point <laughs> I gave up pop and broke out within four days. So it's nice to kind of have, this is just what we're doing together. And it's a lot easier to keep that when somebody else is helping you. Yeah, and model that for your kids, right? They see that, oh, it's not just me who's giving something up, but like we're doing this together, you know? And it's, um, I think it makes it, yeah, more beneficial and a lot easier. If you give up TV and then like your sibling's watching TV, it's like, dang it, or you end up watching TV. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's just, yeah. And but, I mean, even if you don't have a family, your roommate and you could do something. Uh, your small yeah. group could do something. Uh, your friends, whatever it might be. So I think that's great to process 
your fasting with other people just to talk about the experience, talk about what's doing in your life. That That's a really great thing to do. And if you have a spiritual director too, to run these ideas by them, here's what I'm thinking. I'm my spiritual director every hmm. year always asks me, what are you doing for Lent? And she'll give me suggestions if she's like, Hmm, that sounds maybe not enough <laughs> or, or the opposite of that's a lot. Um, you know, yep. so she can really help me make sure that I'm choosing something that's good. And it, it kind of along that vein, when you are choosing something, you really want to make sure you're not hitting one of those two extremes. You don't want to pick something that's unreasonable. It, you, if let's say you're going to give up coffee, if you're going to just turn into this wench, like don't give up coffee. That's horrible. Wench, like, wench alert. You yeah. just pulled out wench. That was great. Yeah. Yes. So maybe if you want to do something with your coffee, okay, don't put sugar in it. Make it less enjoyable. Don't get the, you know, skinny, non-fat latte with caramel and foam. You know, like, just go for the black coffee if it's a matter of necessity for you. But don't just cut it off cold turkey. Or if you want to give up TV, but you know, you just, you know yourself, that's that's where you go. That's how you kind of relax, quote-unquote, um then choose to maybe give up secular TV. Maybe you're not going to watch these certain shows or those certain channels, or you're going to commit to only watching edifying things. Um, you could just get a formed.org subscription, and there's hours upon hours of things you could watch there that would really lift you up uh, during this season. So just kind of think it through. Um, don't pick something unreasonable that's just going to be this grandiose idea that you're going to give up on and then beat yourself up about and then feel like, well, I already blew it. I guess I'll just wait out Lent and try again next New Year. <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta. I feel like you gotta find that stretch zone, right? There, are there mm-hmm. goals where like, oh yeah, I could do that. That's not a good one. And there's a goals where it's like, boy, that just seems way too much. But you gotta get somewhere like, oh man, that's gonna be really tough. But I think I can do it, right? That's that's what we want. We want to find those goals and something that you're gonna stick to and do the entire time because you make it too hard and you do it for a week that's just gonna be lame if you make it too easy great no big deal but you got to find that stretch zone excellent all right so we've done prayer we've done fasting and now for our third key to making Lenten resolutions almsgiving almsgiving i like how you made that dramatic even though we told them at the beginning what it was (laughs) in case you forgot almsgiving that was like 20 minutes ago it was 20 minutes ago, yeah. I just, I get excited about almsgiving because I think it's the most underestimated of these three. I feel like most people don't understand almsgiving, but it's super, super Catholic. And I love almsgiving, so. Would you like to explain almsgiving? You're, you're pretty pumped oh about Oh boy. This. Yeah, I can explain almsgiving. So almsgiving. You get 30 seconds. Is giving to the poor. And it's not just our tithe. It's different than a tithe. The tithe uh, typically in the Old Testament it was 10%, although there's no set amount in the New Testament. We're supposed to be cheerful givers. But it's over and above our tithe. Um, and I think it's really cool. I love this Pope Francis quote. I'm going to work in my third Pope Francis quote of this pop- podcast. Here we go. It says, Almsgiving helps us to experience giving freely, which leads to freedom from the obsession of possessing. Leads to the freedom from the obsession of possessing. We're such a materialistic culture and that almsgiving giving over and above what we normally give frees us from all those possessions all those things in the life that we try to hold on to and it shows us the freedom that we have in jesus christ and that all that we have 
is his. Our possessions are not our own. They're given to us by God, and they're there for his use, and they're tools for us to use to glorify him and to lead others to him as well. And so I think almsgiving allows us to really do that. Yeah, so there's some practical ways that you can give alms uh, would be one could be saving that money that you're using from your fasting resolution. Let's say you're giving up the vending machine at work or you're giving up the fancy coffee and you're going with the McDonald's 69 cent cup or whatever it is. You can use that money that you've saved to give to the poor. Uh, You can give to an organization like Catholic Charities or Christ in the City here in Denver. We love them. Uh, It's a great time to not just uh, give necessarily cash, but other things to the poor as well. I think we often do it at Christmas time, which is great. But I think we should also really be doing it during the season of Lent. It's a great time to create those blessing bags. Um, I'm sure you've seen people passing them out their car window, unless if you don't live in an area like Denver where (laughs) you pass. I mean, I pass, I see probably on average three, four, five homeless people every day Mm. um, just on the commute to go get the kids from school because their school is actually in the city. Um, so uh, we always have blessing bags and my daughter, Grace, three-year-old Grace is really good at finding people with science. She always points them out. She's always looking for them. And sometimes we have to turn the car around because we're on the wrong side of the road or whatever it is. So we can pass out bags. So great time to put together blessing bags and we'll put in the show notes, just a little list of uh, items you can put in blessing bags. We've kind of found some tips and tricks, just little things. Like I've learned that most homeless people you encounter, their teeth aren't great because They don't go to the dentist because they're homeless. Or brush their teeth. Or brush their teeth. So we always try to put in a toothpaste and toothbrush. And then we also try to make sure that the food is something they can eat. You can't give Mm. them these massively crunchy, you know, granola bites. Like they can't eat that. So you got to stick to things like applesauce and soft baked granola bars or things like that. So we'll put that in the show notes. Um, And even just committing to giving of your time to the poor in Lent. Maybe it's going to visit uh, a homeless shelter and serving at a soup kitchen, or maybe it's going to a place where there's elderly who are being cared for um, that are, you know, of a poor economic status. Uh, But it's just a great time to really encounter the poor and give of them um, of time and money. Yeah, and I think uh, if I could channel some more Pope Francis, he would say we really want to become friends with the poor if we can. We want to really encounter them. So it's not enough just to give them stuff, right? Because we're again showing them that our world is based on material. No, our world is based on relationship and our relationships with God. And so we really want to try, if at all possible, to enter in relationships with the poor. Um, It's so good for us, uh, not for them. It's so good for us because then we realize really our true identity is that we are poor beggars as well for God's grace and for God's salvation as well. I really want to do a podcast on how to almsgiving one day, um, but it's just the theology of almsgiving is so deep. St. John Chrysostom, I believe, reading a book called Charity, he talks about there are two altars in this world. The one is the altar at the Mass, and the other one is the altar of a poor person. Our gifts to the poor are just amazing conduits of grace in our lives and our gifts to the Lord to say that this stuff is yours and it's not mine. And um, yeah, it really takes a a different view and a different vision, but it's a great time to do that in Lent and try to think, what does that look like for me to encounter the poor, the person in front of me who's impoverished? Not to give them stuff, but to give them 
a relationship to give them um, a part of who I am, I think is, is really huge. Great. All that's left is our how-to challenge. Do you want to give it to us? Yeah. I mean, you can probably guess it. It's pretty simple here. It's pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. We are going to challenge you, how-to challenge here, to choose one thing to do from each category. To choose something to add in when it comes to prayer, something to give up when it comes to fasting, and some way to encounter the poor during this season of Lent. So don't go crazy. Make sure that they are all attainable or Mm -hmm. else you're going to just end up disappointed in yourself. But I think we can all do three, you know, medium-sized things during this Lenten season and they each serve a different purpose. So that's our challenge for you. Yeah. And take some time. I mean, I know that's a big part of my next week is actually thinking through these things. What's goal? If you need help making a resolution, we have a how to resolution podcast. We'll put that in the show notes as well, but really, yeah, take some time, pray about it. What does God want you to do? Where in your life do you want Jesus to resurrect those uh, dark places so that he can live and that you can be like him? Sounds fantastic. Awesome. Well, that was our podcast for today, how to make a Linton resolution, and we'll catch you next time. God, God bless. bless. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We are so honored that you've given us your time. Show notes for this episode can be found at madetomagnify.com, and you can connect with me on Twitter at Kevin R. Cotter and Lisa on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Ann Cotter. That's Ann with no E. We'd love to hear from you there with any questions, comments, or suggestions for topics or guests. And would you do us a quick favor? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would you head on over to iTunes and rate the show for us? This helps us get the podcast out there to those who are looking for a show just like this. Until next time, be saints. It's worth it. Thank you.